Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. The seven I am statements that Jesus made in the book of John. And these I am statements reveal his character. They reveal his divine nature. They reveal attributes of Jesus And we're going to see in Scripture today attributes of God. And the five I am statements we've looked at so far are the following. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door of the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I want to encourage you today, church, uh, when God says I am, whatever your need is, God says I am the answer to that need. And so today, if you need provision, if you need bread, if you need light in your life, if you need a shepherd, if you need resurrection, you need to go to the God who says, I am that for you. His name is Jesus Christ. I think, come on, if we believe it, can we give God some praise this morning? Uh, You might want to share this series with a friend or a family member. You can jump onto our church website uh, and look at the podcast there. You can go to YouTube. I want to help you with that today. I want to tell you how to do that because you might not know. You search for Elevation Church Melbourne West. Okay, do we know that? Elevation Church Melbourne West. And then you just say podcast or you just say YouTube. You do that. It's the first link that comes up. Click on there. You can hear my sweet, sweet voice, not just on a Sunday morning, but during the week. You can watch the worship. You can watch the worship back as well if you enjoyed that on YouTube. Do that uh, today. You will enjoy that. It'd be really great. Please, no listening to last week's sermon right now. Listen to it later. Uh, Our sermon this week will go up sometime tomorrow or the day after that. Let's pray. God, thank you for just your anointing and your presence. Thank you for your mighty cross. God, we're at that cross. You accomplished so much for us. Then three days later, you rose again and accomplished even more, defeating death. We praise you, God, and we give you glory. Jesus, I pray that we never lose that love for you. We never lose focus of why we follow you, Jesus, because of who you are and what you've done for us. In Jesus' mighty name, everyone said, Amen. Uh, To get to church every Sunday, there's two ways that we can get here. And there's probably multiple ways that you can get to church. But there's two main ways that we can get here to church. We can travel uh, via High Point and then go along Gordon Street and along... um, uh, There's an estate there, which just slips my mind at the moment. But we can go that way, come through Footscray, go past uh, McDonald's there in Footscray. I've been there a few times, let's say that. Uh, and then we can come to church. Another way we can go to church is we can go via Maidstone. We can come down Ashley Street, and we can come sort of like a back direction, sort of come from over that way, whereas the other way we come from this way. So there's two ways we can come from church. If you're a, West, a person who's been in the West for a while, you might know Gordon Street or Ashley Street. How many people know Ashley Street? Yeah, a lot of us would know Ashley Street, right? That's a good way to get here to church. Well, another thing uh, I think I may have mentioned from here, I can't remember or not, but my oldest uh, child, Joelle, is, uh, has got her learner's license recently. And so she's in kids' church today, uh, so we're going to talk about her. No, she's got her learner's license. And so uh, for the last month, she has been driving us to church, the family. So if I look a little bit, you know, nervous and stressed when I get up there, I'm just still recovering from the, the, the car trip in the morning. And uh, no, she's doing amazing. She's getting some professional lessons. And because, uh, 
oh man, I just find it hard to drive in a car with her and be a good dad. So I get a professional. Mum drove with her this morning to church. I mean, I was in the back seat. I was trying not to be a back seat driver. But she's doing really, really great. But, but what she does is, before we take off from home, before she drives from home, she says to us, hey, which way are we going today? Are we going via Ashley Street or are we going via Gordon Street? She says this question to us. And I think in life, there's sometimes many different ways to get somewhere, right? Have you experienced that in your life? Like if you're traveling somewhere, there's multiple ways to get to the place that you're going. For instance, if you went for a trip around Australia, there's many different ways you could go, right? Many different ways. Uh, Think about completing a task at work. Your boss asks you to do something. There's possibly quite a few different ways you can do that task to get the outcome that he is looking for. Uh, What about parenting? Any parents here today? Any, any, Any potential parents? I want to let you know there's many different ways to parent. Just go to the bookstore and buy a book on parenting. You will be confused. There's many different ways. There's many different ways to build a career. No particular set way you have to do it. That's why the saying, all roads lead to Rome. All roads lead to Rome. You know, we'll get there somehow. We'll be there some way. We just need to discover our paths, find our ways. We will get there eventually. Well, today, Jesus makes an I am statement that kind of flies in the face of that kind of prevailing thought that we might have that there's many ways to get to a place. But before we get into that this morning, a lot has happened since we looked at Jesus and disciples last week. Uh, If you were here last week, we were in John 11, and we talked about the story of Lazarus and how Jesus did a mighty miracle and rose him from the dead. And uh, he said that saying, which I just said earlier, that I am the resurrection and the life. Man, what a powerful statement. Jesus is our resurrection. He's our life. But a lot has happened since then. See, in John 12, uh, Jesus is anointed by oil uh, from Mary. She anoints him with oil. He then goes to Jerusalem and gets on a donkey and rides into that place. And people are throwing down palm leaves and their garments before him. And they're hailing him as the king of Israel. They're saying, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. They're saying these things about Jesus, uh, it's an amazing time for him. Towards the end of that chapter, he kind of brings it down a little bit, talks about how he's going to die soon, um, you know, kind of like, you know, kind of kills the vibe a little bit. But it says what's going to happen, predicts his own death. John 13, he washes the feet of the disciples. Um, Gab, can you get the water ready, please? Uh, that, that's going to go the wrong way, though, right? Like, I'm going to have to wash your feet. I want you guys to wash my feet. All right, anyway, I got that example all mixed up. Jesus washes the feet of the disciples, just so upside down what culture would be at that time for Jesus to wash his disciples' feet. Then he predicts the betrayal by one of his disciples and he talks about how Peter is going to deny him uh, before the cock crows three times. And the disciples, they're hearing this. They've come from this, this triumphant entry into Jerusalem. Then, then Jesus starts talking about how he's going to die. And he starts talking about how one of you is going to betray me. And he starts talking about Peter, his, his right-hand man, how you're going to deny me before man. And they're perplexed. They're troubled. They're confused about what Jesus is saying. And, 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 and the question is, have you ever been perplexed in life? Have you ever been confused? Have you ever questioned Ask questions of why things are happening. I know for myself, I've had many times, many seasons in my life where I've asked questions. I've been perplexed, anxious and stressed. It's like, 
Why did such and such happen? Why did that happen to me or to a loved one? You know, how do I find myself where I am right now? And how am I going to get myself out of this place? Why did that person say that to me? Or how did this happen? Or will things get better? And so the disciples are in this place where they're perplexed. And maybe you are in a place like that today. There's confusion around you. You don't know which way to go. You don't know your right from your left. You don't know what's happening. It's into this that Jesus speaks to his disciples. And he speaks to us today from his word, the word of God. Turn with me, if you have your Bibles, to John 14, verse 1. Jesus says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And Jesus is saying to me, Hey, there's some things going on in your hearts right now. There's some things that are going on that you're thinking about right now, and it's got you troubled. In fact, it's got you so anxious that it's grabbing a hold of your heart. Ever had that where there's that tension in here, and you can feel the anxiety rising? It's grabbing a hold of you, and Jesus says, don't let it. Don't let that thing grab a hold of you. Instead, let your heart grab a hold of me. Believe in me. Believe in God. Believe in us. And see... The word believe here is used in a context that actually means to trust. So Jesus is saying, trust in me like you trust God. Trust in me like you trust uh, your heavenly Father. And to trust Jesus, I want to let you know this morning, that's the life journey of a Christian. Like that's the life journey, the continual reminding of ourselves. I need to trust God with my child. I need to trust God with my health. I need to trust God with my career, with my finances, with my relationships. I need to trust God. Who knows? It's not always easy to do that, is it? It's sometimes a struggle. But Jesus is reaffirming every one of us today, trust Him. Trust Him. Come on, would you trust Jesus today with your life? I don't know what every, every one of us is going through here today, but I do know that Jesus knows. And He's saying to us right now, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in me. Put your faith in Jesus Christ. Find comfort in Him. Jesus continues into verse 2, John 14, verse 2. He segues a little bit here. He says, my father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me to that place also, that you may know where I am. The way you you know the way to the place where I am going. Jesus segues after talking about how he's going to die soon. And he's going to be leading them. He starts to talk about heaven. This, this home that he talks about, his father's home is, is heaven. He says, I'm going there to make a place for you. There's many rooms. There's many places. There's many rooms for us to go. Jesus, again, using analogies to describe a, a heaven. Um, Gabby and I, my wife and, and our family, we live in a four-bedroom house. And one of the bedrooms is my study. And Roman's sort of like overflow toy pile which gets bigger and bigger every year. And we've recently had to, you know, like reduce that because I was like going into my office. I was like, ah, too much mess here. I can't think. So one of those rooms is my office. The other is a bedroom for Gabby and I. Uh, another bedroom is for Ethan and Roman. They've got a bunk. And then Joelle gets her own bedroom. 
She's got her own bedroom. I can't believe it. Anyway, she's there. And so if you come to my house, and let's just say for whatever reason we decide you're going to stay over the night, what we can do is we can put a, a mattress in my study and you can sleep in there. And uh, if we need a little bit more room, maybe you've got some kids or something along those lines or there's another family, we can put a mattress in the lounge room. Uh, we can do that to get a few more people in. If we've got even more people that we need to get in t- uh, to stay over the night, I can put up one of my tents in the backyard and, uh, you know, it'd be pretty cold, but we could put the tent up in the backyard. But sooner or later, I'm going to run out of room at my house. And I reckon it's probably the same with your house. Sooner or later, you're going to run out of room for guests to stay with you, for family or friends to be at your house. There's a limit on the amount of people that can stay in our homes. Heaven's a real place, church. It's not a fairy tale. It's not make-believe. It's a real place, church. And Jesus has prepared a place for you and I there. The difference is that unlike our homes, where there's a limit on the people that can come, there's a limit on the number of guests that can stay in those places, there is no limit on the number of rooms that Jesus has prepared for us, for you, your friends, your family. There is no limit on the number of people Jesus died to save. There's no limit on the number of souls that Jesus wants to welcome there. Welcome. Welcome to heaven. I've prepared a place. Have you ever been to a town and you're kind of winging it? You're being a bit loose. You haven't booked accommodation. And you go to the hotel and it's like, there's no room here. There's no room here. When we get to heaven, if we know Jesus Christ, there's, going to be no, there's not going to be a sign that says, no vacancy. It's going to say, come on in, come on in. This place is open. He wants us to enjoy the place he has prepared. He ends this discussion on heaven by saying, you know the way to the place where I am going. He says, you know the way to the place where I am going, to his disciples. Ever been talking to someone and they say, you, you know what I mean? You're talking to someone and they're telling you about something. It's like, you know what I mean? And if you know what they mean, it's fine. Like, for instance... If someone was talking to you about rugby union and they started talking to you about the, the ruck and mall and they would say to you, you know what I mean? Because half of you don't know what I mean, right? You're like, well, I have no idea what you're talking about. It reminds me of when I was younger and uh, a kid helping my dad. And we might have gone away camping to help him set up the tent or we had this sort of like dinghy that had been converted to a little, little mini yacht. We'd take that out onto the bay and we'd launch that. Or we might be in the shed and dad's doing some woodworking and I'm helping dad. And dad would be like, bro, go get me the thingamajig. The thingamabob, go get that for me. Like, that's what he'd say. He goes, you know what I mean? And I'd be like, no, dad, like, I don't know what you mean. I've got no idea what you mean, what you're talking about. And this, we're going to see in the next verse, is how Thomas responds to Jesus. And, you know, Thomas gets a bad name because he's always asking questions. But I think it's just he just verbalized what everyone else was thinking. And see what he says in verse 5. Thomas said to, the Lord, said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going. So how can we know the way? He says, God, Jesus, we don't even know where you're going. For us to know the way to where you're going, we've got to know where it is. So how can we know the way to that place? And this question brings great comfort to me. 
And it should bring great comfort to you today if you're following Jesus Christ. Because here's a set of men, people who are following Jesus daily with him. They're hearing him speak. They're hearing him pray. They're seeing him model the Father. They're spending time with him. There is so much in the Scriptures, more that they would have received that we don't have. And they still don't know Jesus very well. They still don't get him. A total honesty with your church, sometimes I feel like, Thomas, my God, where are we going? Where's this place that you're taking me? Where, where are we going, God? And, and how are we getting there? There's this app that I like to use in my car. It's called Google Maps. Has anyone heard of it? Google Maps is a great app. It gives you routes. It gives you alternate routes. You can tell it whether you want to pay tolls or you don't want to pay tolls. You can let it tell you the traffic information so you can see if the route's going to be busy. Gives you an estimation of what time you'll arrive there. I found that the estimation is pretty good. It's pretty reliable. I use it quite often to let me know how long it's going to take me to get somewhere so I can leave on time to get to a place. It's an amazing app. I've found one huge problem with it, though. You might not have discovered this problem yet, and today your mind's going to be blown when you realize this issue. I'm, I can't believe that the Google engineers haven't discovered this yet. You know, that, that Alphabet, the parent company, hasn't said, hey, fix this issue. This is what I've discovered, church. If you don't tell it where to go, it can't tell you how to get there. Woo! My mind's blown. Like, if I don't put the address in that thing, it can't tell me how to get there. Turn to the person next to you today say, man, we're getting some truth bombs here this morning. This is deep. To Thomas and the rest, Jesus answers. So Thomas says, God, we don't, Jesus, we don't know where you're going. We don't know the way. And, and, and this is where Jesus responds. John 14, 6, he says, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Thomas says, we don't know the way. Jesus says, I am the way. The truth and the life, no one comes to the Father except by me. Uh, I am statement number six from Jesus. I am the way, the truth, and the life. It's a powerful statement from Jesus, and it leaves no uh, misinterpretation of what it is that he's saying. There's no way to misinterpret that. In week two of this series, we spoke about this series, uh, the this, this statement where Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And we talked about how Jesus, when he said that, he says, I am the light. I'm not one of the lights, but he's the light. And he's using the same kind of language again. He's saying, I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. And it's an extraordinary claim to make. And, you know, I, I don't know about the times back then. I think that uh, definitely within the uh, Israelite culture, they, their focus was on God. There was one way, but there was a pluralistic society, many gods, but... You know, uh, today in a world so fixed on inclusion, Jesus makes a radical statement of exclusivity. Jesus doesn't say, I am a way. He doesn't say, I am a truth. He doesn't say, I am a life. He says, I am the, the, the. I am the way, truth, and the life. He says, there's only one way. See, there's not many ways or many truths or many lives. He's saying, I am the only way to truth, to life, to God. And it's very popular these days to believe in relative truth. And what is relative truth? It's the belief that truth changes based on an individual's understanding of it. And relative truth says, hey, 
This is what I believe. This is my truth. You might have a belief about the same total thing. It's totally different. That's your truth. That's what you believe. It's okay. This is our relative truth. And I'm going to probably get myself into trouble right now, but I want to speak into this space. An example of relative truth is the current debate around gender. We have a world at the moment where parts of our society can no longer define what a woman is because we're so confused because of all the relative truth that we have in the world right now. Oh, it's quiet. See, you can come to me and say you're a woman and I can look at you and say, well, in all traditional and uh, 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 thousands of years of experience, I don't think you are a woman, but uh, you say you are, so that's okay, you're a woman. But we're in a situation where because the old ways of defining a woman, you know, chromosomes, genitalia, whatever it might be, even men the same way, because those ways are no longer used to describe a woman, instead it's relative truth, that which you want to be a woman and you are, we don't actually even know what it is anymore. We can't define it anymore. See, the outcome of a world of relative truth is not happiness like we've been told. The outcome of relative truth is a world full of confusion and all kinds of mental gymnastics we have to go through to try to appease and satisfy every person's relative truth. And today, if you're here in this place and you, and you are struggling with issues of gender, I want to let you know I'm not calling you out today. I'm not demonizing you this morning in any way whatsoever. I want to let you know that I'm not discounting your experience or knocking you. We're here for you. We're here for you. We love you. We're here to support you. God loves you. This is a place of acceptance. We want to support you. But we want you to seek God and to seek his truth. Seek God's truth. See, there's an opposite to relative truth, and that is absolute truth. What is absolute truth? Absolute truth is something that is true in all times and in all places, no matter the circumstances. An absolute truth example is that the angles of a triangle will always add up to 180. No matter what angle you put them in, always 180. Uh, the example of another absolute truth is that a square cannot be round. Well, that's pretty deep, hey? I had to Google that one. Then they flip it and they say, the other absolute truth is that a... Which one did I just say? Square can't be round. Then they flip it and they say that a circle can't be square. Woo! Absolute truth doesn't change no matter where you go. Another absolute truth is the sky is blue, right? Go outside, it's blue. Absolute truth. These are things that don't change based on place, circumstances, feelings, or our own interpretations of what truth is. And Jesus, he comes and he makes a statement of absolute truth. He doesn't come to us with relativity and postmodernism and comes and says to us, hey, this is my relative truth to the world. See, he's not sitting in the middle. He's making an absolute truth claim. He's not saying, oh, maybe I'm the way. He's not saying, perhaps I'm the truth. He's not, perhaps, you know, you could, I think, maybe find life in me. No, he speaks with authority and he speaks absolutely. I am the way, the truth, and the life, if the kids could come. Today, if you are confused on what truth is, 
I want to do something right now. I don't want to point you to a church. I don't want to point you to pastors. If you want to find truth, I want to point you to his name, to a, a man, and his name is Jesus Christ. If you need truth in your life, he is what you need. Truth is revealed through Jesus and, and, and through the scriptures. Believe in Jesus and believe in his words. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so the, 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 the truth, we've just looked at Jesus making these truth statements. And in week two, we looked at the life and we talked about what that means. And so that leaves us with the way. The way. What does Jesus mean when he says he's the way? Or as Thomas says, where are you the way to? So Jesus is the way. So Jesus says, come to me, I'm the way. He's like, okay, the way, where to? Where are you leading us, Jesus? What are you the way to? Like if I'm following someone, I want, to, I want to know where we're going. Where are we going? Like if we caravan somewhere together, like if we, like let's just say we all meet at a location, we say we're going to go to a place and we're following each other. I will always say to you, where is the end destination? Just in case we, you know, get a red light or we miss a turn or something, we can make our way there anyway. Like the way to where Jesus let me answer that this morning for us today and for Thomas. Jesus is the way to the Father. He's the way to God. And it's not just the way to God. He's the way to relationship with God. Relationship with God. And, and we know this because Jesus says it at the end of verse 6. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He says, I'm the way to get to the Father. The way to the Father. Uh, has anyone here ever been to a nightclub? Come on, if you've been to a nightclub, has any person been who's been to a nightclub? You know, uh, if you're over 50 and you're still going to nightclubs, maybe stop it. It's a bit sad. That person in the corner. Come on, man. We can do better, guys and girls. We can do better. But there's these people at the club or the or the bar or or um, the pub. Uh, there's a person that's standing at the door. Um, called a bouncer right or a security guard or crowd control right there's all these different no's and what do they do they stand there and you go up to the door and then they look at you they make a judgment call where they're going to let you in or they're not going to let you in all these types of things and uh, they let you into the club the only way to get in is through the bouncer well it's not the greatest example or the best analogy for Jesus but it's one of the best ones I could find it's not the greatest example of Jesus because he's kind of like that, but he's not. Firstly, firstly, he's not stopping anyone from coming in. He's not stopping anyone from coming in. He says the doors are wide open to anyone who wants to come in. See, the favorite line of the bouncer is, not you, mate. Nah, not you. Yeah, you can come in. You, no, no. no, no, that's not Jesus. Jesus isn't like that. He's not like that at all. 2, 2 Peter 3, 9, it's not on the screen, but it says, not wishing that any should perish. Jesus wants everyone to meet the Father. He wants everyone to come to heaven. Jesus has flung the gates wide open to come to God by Himself. But He is the only way to God. The only way into that club is through that bounce. He is the only way to get to God. The only way to get to heaven. And let's be clear on that today as Christians. That's the crux of the gospel message. I mean, that's a non-negotiable. 
Uh, we can talk about all types of different things, you know. We can talk about secession. We can talk about uh, glasnostics, speaking in tongues. We can talk about all different things and have different opinions. But I want to tell you this morning, the non-negotiable for me as your pastor is Jesus Christ is the only way to be saved, to receive eternal life, to meet the Father. There's not many ways to God. It's not all roads lead to God. There's only one way. And his name is Jesus Christ. His name is Jesus Christ. And in addition to that, there's more. There's more. I was at a conference over the last couple of days and we were introduced to a person who just was t- telling us about some different things. It was a church conference, and he was just telling us about, about a few different things about how they, they run things. Uh, but it was like a, a short meet and greet. Have you ever, do, do we know that saying, meet and greet? If you're in the business world a little bit, you'll do these meet and greets, you meet people, and uh, you say hello to them, you learn about them a little bit, and then they might introduce you to someone else. And Jesus, when he introduces us to the Father, it's not just a simple meet or greet, someone you might meet and never see again. It's not just a simple introduction. Oh, you guys do similar thing. It's nothing like that. When Jesus brings us to the Father, it's so much more. In John 7, it says, If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Jesus says, If you want to know what God is like, know me. If you want to know what the Father is like, know me. He says, look to me. Look to me. See how I pray. He says, see how I speak. He says, see how I uh, point people to the Father. He says, see how I use scriptures. He says, see how I rebuke people. See how I care for people. See how I comfort people. See how I love and, and do all these things and instruct people. My Father is the same. If you've seen me, you've seen God. And so Jesus says today, it's not just a simple meet and greet. He's like, man, if you know me, if you get to know me, you're going to get to know the Father. And today I want to encourage you today, if you're struggling with trying to say, what is God like? Read your Bible. Read the Gospels. See what Jesus is like. Because Jesus says, I am like the Father. The Father is like me. If you want to know God, know Jesus. And maybe you're here today and you wanted to know God, but you don't really understand what He's like. Jesus is telling us Himself in the Scriptures. He's telling us today that you can know God through knowing Him. And in a moment, I'm going to give an invitation to any person today that would want to know God and invite uh, enter into a relationship with God through Jesus. I'm going to give that opportunity today. Jesus, He said, as, as we finish, He said, I am the way the truth and the life. And I just want to, if you're taking notes today, I just want to leave three quick encouragements with us. We're not going to go into them in any detail, but I want you to write these down. Three encouragements. We're going to have troubled hearts in life, but we can find hope in Jesus. We're going to have trouble in life, guys, but we have hope in Jesus. Can I tell you the message of Jesus Christ is birthed in death, (laughs) trouble, but from that salvation, redemption, healing, there will be troubles, but there is hope in Jesus Christ. 
The other encouragement, there's room in the family for all those who believe in Jesus. Church, let's be a welcoming church. There is room in elevation. There is room in our families. There is room in our hearts for people come to know Jesus Christ because there is room in heaven for those who believe in Jesus. And then thirdly, the final encouragement is that Jesus alone is the way to God. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Let's pray this morning. Dear Jesus, today we thank you for this powerful I am statement number six, where you said, I am the way, the truth, and the life.